Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, everyone. For those who don't know me, my name's Tim. I'm one of the pastors here at Gastry, and in particular, I'm the campus pastor at Gastry St. Luke's. And has been explained already, we're in a series on the fruit of the Spirit, and we've titled this series, Subscribe Here. And just as a reminder, the fruit of the Spirit as outlined in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and then 23, is this. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That was the key one to remember, wasn't it? Faithfulness. And we're going to be looking at the theme of faithfulness, the characteristic of faithfulness in the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but some of you here may have been watching Love Island. Um, Yeah, I can hear some some of us here are very, very excited by that. And for those who don't know what Love Island is, Love Island is a reality TV show where islanders go into the Love Island villa on a quest to find romantic love. And at the beginning of this series, there was this phrase which people, the islanders in the villa, kept on using again and again. And it was this phrase, my head's not going to turn. My head's not going to turn. And and what we find is that, what it means is, is that people's heads are not going to turn as new people come into the villa. What they're saying to their partner, um, their current partner, is that I'm going to remain faithful to you whatever happens. Whatever um, life brings for us in the villa, I'm going to remain faithful to you. But as this series unraveled more and more, what we quickly learn is this, is that the islanders, they had a neck problem, didn't they? You know, their, their heads would keep turning again and again as they kept on going after new people again and again. The islanders had a neck problem. And maybe one of us could argue that Love Island is a litmus test. It's almost a microcosm of what the UK culture is like at this present moment. And in one recent survey on marital infidelity in the UK, it found that 25 of married men and 18.3% of married women have committed adultery, adultery at least once in their married life. Now, for me personally, I find that really disturbing and really upsetting. One of my brothers puts this so, so well about where our culture is at in the UK. He said, we don't accept it, but we expect it. No, we don't accept it. No, we don't want it to happen. We don't like infidelity and unfaithfulness. But we've learned to expect it, haven't we? Where we hear story after story of friendships breaking down, of relationships breaking down, of being stabbed in the back by our work colleagues again and again. You know, there's unfaithfulness in our culture, which is so prevalent. But here's the thing. It's not just a problem out there. You know, us Christians, the church, you know, we suffer with a neck problem too, don't we? You know, we read in the scriptures in the the book of Deuteronomy that we're a stiff-necked people. The people of Israel are described as a stiff-necked people, a people whose heads can't turn back to God. You know, we read 
in the book of Hosea describing Israel, God's people, um, it describes them um, as analogous to a wayward or adulterous woman who cannot be faithful to God, who are unfaithful to God again and again. And this too can describe us at times, the church, and us as Christians of what we can be like to God. And I don't know about you, but when I look at aspects and parts of my own life, you know, I can be so unfaithful to God. I don't know whether you think it's the same in your life. But I said a second ago, here's the thing. Well, here's the other thing. We can be so unfaithful to God. But God is so faithful to us. He is so, so faithful to us through the thick and the thin, through the ups and the downs. He remains faithful to us through it all. I just want to tell you a story. Um, When I was 10 years old, I had a best friend called Jordan. And me and Jordan were the types of friends that would do everything together. So we'd climb up trees, we'd play sport with one another. Um, you know, we would egg each other on to write a love letter to our latest crush in the class and, you know, slip it into their tray at the end of the day so they could open it up the next day. I've got to say, there was limited success in that area of my life. But having said that, one day, Jordan asked me the biggest question a friend could have ever asked me. And it was this question. Tim, would you be my spit brother? Would you be my spit brother? Now, for those who don't know what a spit brother is, if you think about a blood brother, which might be a bit of a gross pitch for some people, um, being a spit brother is kind of a similar principle. And so what you do to become a spit brother is that you get your hand out, you spit into your hand, you know, and then you, then you clasp the other person's hand, you know, and shake it and rub the spit around, making sure it's all mixed in good and proper. And what we, and, and then after sort of mixing it around for a few minutes, you can be certain that you're spit brothers for life. Now, for me, as I was considering this huge commitment, you know, I, I had a few things going around in my head. The first thing was this, that you know, I had to make a commitment for life. You know, this was a massive deal as a 10-year-old boy when I thought I was going to be living to 120 or whatever at that age. You know, this was going to be a huge commitment. But the second thing for me was that um, as 10-year-old Tim kind of approached the decision, you know, I had a real problem and a real sort of OCD with hygiene. So the whole idea of like spitting onto my hand, you know, clasping somebody else's hand and then rubbing it around with somebody else's, you know, that really, really put me off. And so I had to consider the pros and the cons, had to consider um, the good and the bad. And I basically decided that my commitment and my friendship to Jordan was way more important and way more valuable than staying clean or having my, my hands not be washed in, the, in, in sort of a tap for 12 hours, which was part of the commitment, by the way. And so taking my hand out, spitting into my own, I put it into Jordan's, we rubbed it around, and then we became spit brothers for life. Now, here's the thing. Just as I was prepared to embrace the mess in Jordan's life and be prepared to commit to him through the thick and the thin. How much more is God prepared to embrace our mess 
to embrace, the, to embrace the, the hard things in our life, to embrace the disgusting things in our life, to be prepared to walk with us through the thick and thin and be faithful to us. And so there might be many things you might want to take away from today, but here's one thing you might want to take away with you today. It's this. God is more faithful than a spit brother. God is more faithful than a spit brother. And this is the story of the scriptures right from the start to the end. You know, God was faithful to the people of Israel by giving them the land. He was faithful to the people of Israel by bringing them back from slavery. He was faithful to them by bringing them back from um, the, the second time they went out of the land, um, when they went into exile. And he was faithful to them in the land as well. And whilst the book of Hosea describes God's people like an unfaithful wife, the book of Hosea also describes God as a faithful husband, somebody who is faithful to his people through the thick and the thin, and even if the people of Israel were unfaithful to him. We read in the book of the Song of Songs that God is described like a, um, a faithful husband who is passionately in love with his wife. And that's analogous for, for us, the church, speaking of us, the church, as somebody who he is passionately in love with. Now, God shows his, his faithfulness by promising to send the Holy Spirit. You know, he sends the Holy Spirit into, into our hearts. He promises that in the book of Joel chapter 2, where he says he's going to send his spirit on all people. And in Ezekiel 36, 36, where he says he's going to change our hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. You know, hearts that are hardened to him, but he will make them soft so that we can love him and love others how he wants us to. You know, God shows his faithfulness too in promising to send a Messiah as promised in the scriptures. And we see this fulfilled in Jesus. And this is who I want to be taught. This is who I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the person of Jesus. And I want to talk about the event which, which shows God's faithfulness better than any other, which is at the cross of Christ. So if you have a Bible on you this morning, if you've got it on your phone or whatever else, please open it up to Luke chapter 23. And here it shows us just how faithful God is, that God is more faithful than a spit brother. And what we're going to do is that we're going to go through this text bit by bit. And we're going to start at verse 32. And here we see the first way that God demonstrates his faithfulness to us. And that's firstly, God's desire is to always forgive you. God's desire is to always forgive you. Starting at verse 32, it says, two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Now, these people had thrown everything at him, hadn't they? You know, Jesus is God. So effectively what they were doing is that they were crucifying God on that cross. They'd rejected him. They'd beaten him. He'd been denied. He'd been betrayed. And now he was going through the, the torture of um, excruciating pain of crucifixion on a Roman cross. 
Now, if I was God in this situation, I wouldn't have been as kind as Jesus. You know, I'd be thinking, what are these little human beings doing judging me and deciding that I should go on the cross? You know, forget this. I don't want anything more to do with you. You know, that's it. I don't want to be faithful to you anymore. But thank God that I'm not God, that we have a God who is faithful, that we have a God who is full of grace, that we have a God who is full of love. Because despite all of this, Jesus cries out one of the most beautiful prayers that could have ever been conceived as he hung upon that cross to his Father in heaven. It's not, we'll deal with them later, Father. It's not Jesus talking about the pain that he's going through. As he hung on the cross there, he was thinking of you. He was thinking of me. He was thinking of all the people that were in front of him, insulting him and giving him a hard time. He was thinking of the people that had been horrible to him in the last 24 hours. And this is what Jesus cried. He, as he hung there on the cross, he cried, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. Isn't that such a beautiful prayer? And despite us giving God what he doesn't deserve, he also gives us what we don't deserve, which we see here as forgiveness. Jesus is so faithful and what we see in 2 Timothy um, 13, um, which summarizes so well, it says, if we are faithless, God is faithful. If we are faithless, God is faithful. You know, even after beating him up, even after speaking lies over him, it shows us just how deeply God yearns to be with us, to have relationship with us, to be close to us. That's why he's not going to stop forgiving you. That's why he's going to remain faithful to you. His desire is always to forgive you. And then we read on in this passage and we read, if we jump to verse 39, we read about um, both of the criminals. And one of the criminals insults Jesus. It says in verse 39, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But then it's here that the other criminal recognized who Jesus is. This criminal is likely to have done something terrible. You know, something like, murder somebody else or something similar. But here the criminal recognizes Jesus for who Jesus really is. Verse 41, the criminal says, we are punished justly for we are getting what our sins deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. Verse 42, the criminal says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Verse 43, Jesus replies, I tell you the truth. Today you'll be with me in paradise. And this is just another beautiful moment at the cross which speaks of the faithfulness of God. That whatever we've done, however far away we've strayed from God, if we recognize who Jesus is and who we are before God, that we're broken and we need fixing so desperately and that we are at fault, 
just like the criminal, we can humble ourselves before God and say, and to our Lord Jesus and say, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus is the one who welcomes us in and he welcomes us all in for the first time or again today. And this is because Jesus is faithful to us. He's faithful to you because he loves you. And this passage also points towards the fact that God's promises, his faithfulness was never just for some super religious people in Jerusalem. His faithfulness and longing was for all people. God wanted all people to access him. In verse 45, we see the faithfulness of God shown as the temple curtain is ripped, you know, it's, it's ripped in two, representing that access, a relationship to God um, that was once inaccessible is now accessible to all. This is shown again with the Roman centurion in verse 47, where he too recognizes who Jesus is, and it shows that he could access who God was as well. You know, the centurion, seeing what would happen, praised God and said, surely this man was righteous. God's faithfulness was never just going to be with the people of Israel. That was never God's intention. It was for all people. He wanted to show his faithfulness and his love to all people of all nations. And even when we desert God or when we get distracted, like the disciples, where we might fail, God's faithfulness will never fail us. You know, we know from John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, where it says, If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, the cross shows us that if we've mucked up again and again, we can turn back to him. He'll forgive us our sins. He'll wash us completely cream. Cream, I like cream. <laughs> That's <laughs> cream. <laughs> Clean. <laughs> Clean. And he'll make us. Um, I've lost my trail of thought. Good. Because, because he is faithful, he will make us clean. Because he is faithful and because he loves us. And so if you're here today and you wouldn't necessarily consider yourself a Christian. Just consider this, God loves you so much. You know, God isn't like Tim Bateman standing before you today who might have had a bit of a different response to you on the cross. But the God who's on the cross today demonstrates that he desperately, and he desperately loves you and he longs for you to come into his kingdom. You know, he's hanging on for you. He, he hung on the cross because he thought that you were worth it. You know, L'Oreal said, you know, because you're worth it. But Jesus said, because you're worth it. He, he thinks you're worth it. He thinks that you're, he thinks you're worth hanging on to on the cross because he loves you. God longs to welcome you into his kingdom. And if you recognize who Jesus is, Humble yourself and ask to follow him, which means following him into his kingdom. He can't wait to bring you in. Why won't you start that journey today? God is faithful to you. He is more faithful than a spit brother. That he's prepared to get involved in our mess. To get involved in the mess of our hearts and our lives. And by his spirit, he wants to fix all the net problems 
within us and to do a work of transformation in our hearts and in our lives. So as God's people, this is how God is faithful to us. But the question is, how do we partner with the Holy Spirit as he does a work of transformation in our lives that that we can be faithful like God is faithful? And I just want to suggest three different ways we might want to do this today and to respond to God, to be more faithful like he is faithful. The first way is to be thankful, to be thankful. Being thankful is so important because it helps us to recognize how God is faithful in the day-to-day things of our lives. The criminal and the Roman guard recognized what God was doing before them. They recognized what Jesus was doing. And so for us to be able to recognize the work of God around us, being thankful helps us to remember that God is faithful in the nitty-gritty of our lives. A couple of weeks ago, um, Claire, my wife and I, um, we, we, we met an old friend just sort of by chance. And this, this lady was going through a really, really messy, difficult divorce. And one of the things that she described to us was this, is that, is that she said, you know, for the, the last year and a half, it's been really, really difficult. But what I do every single day is that I write down five reasons to be thankful to God in order to remind me that God is faithful even in the really, really dark times of my life. She's now got 2,100 reasons to remind herself that God is faithful to her. You know, that's still nothing on Matt Redman with his 10,000 reasons, but, but 2,100 reasons written down to remind her that God is faithful And it reminds her that God is faithful in the day-to-day stuff in her life, even when she can't really see it. You know, it reminds her that God is faithful to her. And when we recognize the faithfulness of God in our lives, you know, it motivates us. It, It cultivates within us a sense of wanting to be faithful back to God. And in very simple terms, faithfulness means doing what Jesus did. Faithfulness means doing what Jesus did. And the Holy Spirit's work is to do that within us, to help us to do the Holy Spirit's work in our life, to do what Jesus did. In the passion narrative we've been looking at, we've seen Jesus' faithfulness through forgiving us and forgiving the criminal next to him. If faithfulness looks like being more like Jesus, then we need to forgive like Jesus forgives. So the second way we can cultivate faithfulness in our lives today is that we need to be forgiving. And as I've been preparing this talk, um, by the way, just as a preacher, the thing is, is that God really challenges you with the message that he wants you to bring. And so God's been showing me in so many different ways where I need to forgive people. And I just want to give you one example because I think it's kind of relatable. I was in my car the other day and um, Somebody in their car did something that I thought was very, very selfish. And they said something about me through their window, through my window, that was very, very rude. And what it did to my insides, I drove past after that. And 
What it did for the next 20 minutes, I don't know what came over. I was just seething with anger. Like my insides were like all twisted up. Like I'm pretty sure most of us are not like that. But for me, you know, my insides were twisted up just like reflecting on just how unjust that situation was and how wrong this other person was. But 20 minutes later, you know, God caught me and just said, Tim, you know, you've got to forgive this person. You've got to let go of it. And that's what I did, even though it was really, really hard for me to do. Now, this is just a small example. And for me, it still really, really wound me up and was really hard to forgive. But we need to be a people that forgives other people in all situations. Now, it might be in the small things like this, but for some of us here today, there might be some really deep, open wounds or wounds that have been there that have not properly healed where there's some big forgiveness in our lives to be doing. And maybe today this could be the start or the continuation of a journey of forgiving somebody who's really hurt you in your life. And that's because we need to follow in the example of Jesus. We've got to remember too, as Jesus taught us, that forgiveness is not just a one-off event, is it? You know, he reminds us that we need to forgive 70 times seven times. And what that means is not forgiving someone 490 times and the job is done. It means forgiving people again and again and again and again. Forgiveness is a process. And forgiveness, it's costly, but to be faithful to Jesus in this way is so worth it. We need to be a people that forgive today. And thirdly, and finally, maybe you're glad to hear that, thirdly and finally, we need to step out. Stepping out like Jesus means inviting people into his kingdom Being faithful is to share what Jesus has done in each of our lives. And part of that process will be the Holy Spirit challenging us in certain places, challenging us where we might have an unbelieving heart, challenging us when we're prideful, where um, we know it might be awkward to, to share our story with others or we don't want to look stupid or foolish. It might be the Holy Spirit challenging us something within us where we might be afraid of rejection and that might be a reason why we don't want to share the story of what God's done in our lives. But the Holy Spirit's also kind because he gives us a boldness and he reminds us of the great reward of stepping out with him. The reward in the present but also in the future of being in the presence of him and in the presence of Jesus. So today, how might you step out for God in this way? You know, maybe you're here today and you might not consider yourself a Christian, but maybe today or you've been on a journey where the penny has kind of started to drop and you've realized that God is real, that this stuff isn't just a load of rubbish, but God really does love you and he really does exist and he really does do the stuff that is talked about here in this church in our lives And maybe for you, it's a day to to step out. Maybe it's a a day to be a bit like the soldier or the criminal we've been talking about, to humble ourselves, to recognize who, who Jesus is, and to say to Jesus, you know what? You know, please, Lord, you know, can I be with you in paradise? Can I encourage you, if that's you, to make that step today? 
You know, stepping out for us also means that we need to throw ourselves on God in all areas of our lives. It means honoring God with our money by being sacrificial with it. It means, um, it means in our relationships and our friendships that we give everything that we are to him. It means making decisions to honor God with our careers. In every area of our lives, we want to remain faithful to God and to give our all to him. And so here's a question for you. You know, what might God be calling you to be faithful with him in today? You know, what's he challenging you to turn away from and to be faithful to him in? And as we step out in faith, it shows us that we can trust God, that God is faithful, and that by doing it, God cultivates faithfulness in us. And I believe if we're faithful to God, this can be transformative for our city. You know, if we read the scriptures, if we read Acts chapter 3 and 4, we read of Peter going to a crippled man. He heals him. Um, he then speaks to a load of different people. And then he goes to the, um, the Jewish rulers. And then they speak about who Jesus is. They are faithful to God. And in the midst of all of this, we see that people are coming into relationship with Jesus. They give their lives to him because of, what, um, because of seeing of what God's doing in their lives. You know, the disciples' faithfulness to God was recognized by others. People were drawn to it. They were drawn to it because of the fire, because of the power, because of the purity, because of the radical faithfulness to God in their lives laid down to living in the way of Jesus. And Gastry, our vision is to be light for the city, that in our radical faithfulness to God, because, because of the fact that we're faithful, people will be drawn to us and see that as we're faithful to God, it speaks of an even greater faithfulness, the, the faithfulness of God towards us and towards our city. Can you imagine what our city would like if our city knew the faithfulness of God, where relationships would be transformed because people knew how to be faithful like God is faithful where people would not be insecure because they'd be secure in the promises and in the character of God, where communities would be transformed because they knew how to forgive and to do reconciliation, where people wouldn't jostle for positions of power in the workplace because they're secure in their position before God, where children in our city would not be without food because the wealthy in our city will be convicted that they should share what they have with those who have less. Gastric, that's why we need to be light for the city. And so today, we have a neck problem. We have a neck problem. But despite this, God is more faithful than a spit brother. And he's shown this most vividly in the person of Jesus dying for us on a cross where he's prepared to get involved and to take on our mess, to take on the stuff that is just dirty in our lives and he's faithful through it with us. He forgives us, he invites us to, to eternal life whoever we are and the beautiful life of Jesus inspires us to be faithful back to him. And so like Jordan, like I was with my friend Jordan, Will you metaphorically speaking, put out your hand today, spit in your hand, 
and take hold of God's hands, metaphorically speaking, you know, and rubbing it in with God and saying to God, you know what? I want to be faithful to you. I want to be with you through the thick and thin. I want to give my whole life to you. I want to be faithful to you through it all. And the question that I want to, to leave you with is this. As God is faithful to us, will you say back to him, I'm going to be faithful to you. Amen. Can we stand? We're going to worship God. And um, I'm just going to pray um, as we worship. And we're going to worship God. And as we worship, we can be reminded of his faithfulness and um, of what he's done in our lives. And so I'm just going to pray. Father, thank you so much that you're a good God, that you're faithful to us through all situations in our life. Thank you that you're there with us in the midst of us when things go really, really bad and when things are really, really good. And we pray, Lord, today, just like you are faithful, I pray that you would cultivate within us a sense of faithfulness so that we can be faithful back to you. We pray this all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastric.org, or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church.